turn you into spaghetti. Every like, stereotype. <laughs> every stereotype you've ever had. Like, I'm going to turn you into spaghetti. Yeah. And eat you. Like, mama's meatballs. Like, eh, is it? <laughs> I love spaghetti. I'm on spaghetti. <laughs> Weak eams, I'm heavy. That's how he got it. That's how we get it. You've heard it here first. You multi-lights. Put it first. Eminem inspired by the Rizzutos. Hi, my name is Denise Lonakis, and you're listening to the Mahelas podcast. This is the Montreal-based podcast where we talk about Canadian tragedies. Yay! Today is no exception. <laughs> we are talking about the Rizzuto crime family, and I'm joined with my guest, Daniel Sukar. Hello, people of the interwebs! <laughs> <laughs> Super excited to be here. Been friends with Denise for a while, and I'm really excited to talk about crime! Yes! <laughs> yes, crime! I'm so excited to talk yeah. about this episode. I knew it was like on the list early on of like podcast episodes I wanted yeah. to do. I didn't know who I I wanted to include as my guest, but we saw each other recently, yes. and uh, I remembered your energy and your Stop. your vibe and you like everything you're doing for work. And I was like, no, I need him on an episode immediately. This like, is great. right now. You're like boosting my ego. From now on, I'm just gonna come over and just like sit down here just so you can talk and boost me. I'm, I'm hype here to gas you up. Like, super <laughs> excited. I don't. I mean, listen. Like in terms of experience, like one, yes, I'm a journalist, <laughs> in which I feel adds something. But more than that, I'm Italian, and I feel. <laughs> I feel like somehow that means something, you know, because I feel like we grow, like, as an Italian man, you, like, grow up on this stuff, you know? Like, I feel like our version of a bar mitzvah is, like, watching all three Godfather movies in a row. <laughs> like, genuinely, which I'm sure you could speak to, like, any Italian person and they do the same thing. Like, you will never forget that one time your mom was like, sit down, you know? And you sit yourself in front of, like, the TV and you just watch gangster movies from, like, dusk till dawn. You know how many episodes? There are three Godfather movies. They're, yeah. like, three hours They're long. So That's nine hours. Excessively long. Really and I remember long. I was, like, as a kid, I was, like, seven years old. I'm, like, watching them. I'm, like... Why is Al Pacino yelling? Why is <laughs> why is this happening? Like why Diane Keaton's in here? It looks stunning, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I've mean, seen The Sopranos, obviously. Of course, amazing. I am one of the many people who like assumed that like my TV had cut off. Like, by the end, and I was like hitting it. I was like, what's wrong? And where's then, like, the last? Where's the last? Was last scene? But there yeah. was none, which I guess is like life. But, uh, I, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but yes, okay. so that's it. So um, but yes, in terms of like actual experience, like yes, uh, Italian. Aside from that, I am a journalist, which is kind of exciting. Like I mean, we I'm both so were in. Stop! You're making me blush. No, <laughs> we met in journalism school. Yes, and you were always. The, I'm gassing you up more. You were the smartest kid in all. Our Enough. Kids, and we get our <laughs> stories back, and we we all got like we fell. You know, we were pretty average. And then A plus, A plus, Enough, A plus. Girl, I'm blushing. I can't, you can't see. I'm literally like. I'm wet. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed to swear. Sorry, this is another Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Okay, fuck yeah. So okay, again. I'm not catering to anybody. <laughs> just the people. Just, just me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Oh my god, I'm done. So, do you cover any like crime stories in the city? Yes. Well, okay. So that is super. I I think like most people or like most journalists like. I love a good crime story, you know? Who and doesn't? I feel, I lo who doesn't? No, because it's like, so, I mean, like, last year I was at the Gazette. Now I'm at Metro Media um, as the head of the English department. But last year I was at the Montreal Gazette. And I really, like, gravitated more towards crime stories. Like, if there was something at, like, the Pad de Justice or, like, a trial or anything, I was like, I want to be that person. Which is, like, weird in a way. Because, like, who's, like, ah, uh, it's, like, 9 in the morning. You know what I wanted to go do is, like, find out, like, who stabbed this woman, you know? <laughs> around like the court and just go into different yeah different, okay yeah i mean literally like you can go there on any day and you can just like 
find something, you know? Because there's a, a like, at, when you enter or whatever, there's a huge directory that's like, okay, this is the schedule for the day, like an agenda of sorts, yeah. you know? And so it's just about, like, going and being like, this sounds interesting, you know? And just, like, following that, you know? So, and then, of course, they also post it online. And here's a tip for all you listeners. It is completely free to go. It is completely... You can just go in, like, as a member of the public. Like, and there's yeah. that's why there are always so many old people just like in the stands because honestly it's cheaper than a movie and it's kind of funny like it's kind of more fun than a movie like you go there like so if you're ever trying to take somebody on a date or something here's a pro tip go watch a murder trial and i know it's messy i know it's messy (laughs) but it's genuinely like nothing is sexier no it isn't you won't know how it ends it's fun and like honestly and this is like literally the people's good and this is the problem is when i go to these things i very much i always like it's because I like grew up on Law and Order as you as as for you. Amazing, yeah. Exactly. So did Christina, our previous guest. Uh, but amazing, yeah. So like we grew up, so I'm there. And like if ever there's like a revelation, like, oh, like we found security footage, like you'll hear me audibly gasp. Like I'll be like, oh! like you know, like I'll be like, oh, no, you know, or like if they bring in a surprise witness, like I'm just there and like you can't see my face, but like my jaw drops. Like I'm just like taking notes, but I'm like, oh my small god. Courtrooms. There's like yes. maybe four benches, like they look like yes. church benches on both sides. That's it, yeah. And it's only you and the witnesses. Yeah. And Okay, and you're like making eye contact with them, and I'm like, I try to like smile if that makes any sense. Like, I'm like, because I want to like, I don't like, hi, you know, like I want to be like, like comfort you. I know it's messy, it's messy, it's messy. Um, but regardless, so that was always, I always had a lot of fun doing that, and I remember. So there's once it was like a stabbing, and I remember like literally, I, I'm like, what a weird thing to say. Once there was a stabbing, but no, it was once there was a stabbing. I was in like I'm in the stands or whatever, and I remember looking at the jury, and I remember seeing this girl I went to high school with. Funny, because I just was like, I was like yeah, and I was like, I just like waved, you know, and I was like, eh. and then like I obviously like didn't want to talk to her, make any eye contact, because I didn't want to like interfere with anything. But then like later that night, like we both go home, and I just text them like, so are we gonna like talk about like what happened? Yeah, like <laughs> that we were both like watching the same track, you know, and like she was like, I mean, we can't, but I was just like, I was like, what? Like, it was just so funny. It was such a weird thing. But long story short, yeah. when I was at the Gazette, I was under um, Paul Cherry, who is like the premier crime investigator in Montreal. Like anything I about think crime, he's the host of the podcast. He is the host of the podcast. He is no, he is like the the crime dude. Like if there is anything, so context. Yeah. I've context. been listening to um, what's the show? The Dark Dark Montreal. North. Dark yeah. North. It's a uh, podcast sponsored by the Gazette. So that's what I was listening to in yes. preparation for this because that's an excellent podcast super documentary. Great. Super, Carry super on. Great. So and he's he is like the wonderful. daddy of investigators. Yeah, yeah. Big Zaddy at the Gazette of investigative issues and of crime and honestly of the mob. Like he is the most knowledgeable person. Like you have any question. And so he taught me so much. And like he was probably the journalist that just taught me the most because he like taught me how to find databases, how to find sources. And so like I do like to think that I have a little bit of his knowledge. Again, like I'm like still early on in my like journalism career. But it's like I definitely like incorporate some of the stuff. So that is maybe my like stories my expert stuff that I bring to the table and of course which we'll mention definitely later a new Nick Rizzuto Jr. so like which is really awkward but yeah and you have nothing but nice things to say about him from the time that you knew him I mean I was eight super nice guy super nice guy I mean I don't even know like we'll get into it but like I was a kid so you know if a little nice little man wants to buy you ice cream you're gonna take some ice cream and you're not gonna be like okay like as I, I let's see he died in what 2008 i believe i think i see i wrote it down yeah he died in like 2008 so it's like 2009 so it's like i was 13 years old you know so obviously as a 13 year old i wasn't like oh my god you know like i was like it's a monster like no i'm just a kid you know and this man's buying me ice cream and yeah, I'm and yeah exactly great guy until you know <laughs> 
<laughs> aside from the whole, you know, shady businesses. But yeah, man. That's, I'm so happy to hear that. Okay, let's start with a little history of the Rizzuto family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Often known as the sixth family, right? Because obviously, like, this is like, and this is why this is super important to, like, talk about, you know? Because I, obviously, like, you know, your podcast about tragedy and crime and all that stuff. And, like, when it comes to crime, there's nobody that compares to the Rizzutos. Like, honestly, like... They're known as, like, the sixth family. Because, as you know, New York has five major families. Five, yeah. And so here we, like, this is the sixth one. And they are, honestly, like, they were Canada's first major crime family. And it's, like, it's it's crazy. And something people think, you know, like, their reach, like, didn't extend beyond Montreal. But, like, that's not true. Like, you no, can run it I everywhere. I heard the things. I yeah. heard he was accused of, of connecting with, like, the... Um, the, uh, the former Filipino uh, yes, <laughs> like, like, dictator. What was his name? Um... Uh, dictator Ferdinand Marcos, like yeah. he had talks with him. He's like on behalf of the Filipino dictator. He also yeah. had a plan, a seven billion dollar plan, oh, like yeah. to to build a bridge between Sicily and the rest of Italy. Yeah, like, like, uh, on fraudulent uh, money, and it's like, how are you involved in that? Like, that's your... crazy. I know it's literally it's like to like use my like reporter vote, like this goes straight to the top. But it, it, it really did, and top. like we're still feeling the resolution. And anyways, it opens up. And I didn't know he thing. was that character in Donnie Brass. Like that yes. whole scene, like I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, I and then yes. bad blood. Did bad you blood. see it? I did. Yes. Okay. So I remember watching that and thinking, yeah. like, okay, like he, he's he's trying to do like a, you're not. Yeah. That it. actor that played uh, Vito. I'm like, mm-hmm. you're you're not. It's like a ripoff of The Godfather. Like he's doing the voice. <laughs> yeah. You're not uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you're not Marlon Brando. Stop yeah. doing the voice. But then when I heard the recordings of his voice, he actually had that voice. Yeah. I know. It's like really. It's weird to like compare things. And I think that whole series is so crazy because the first season is so. There are two seasons. Yeah. Uh, and the first season is based years. on a book about the yeah. Rizzuto family. So That's it's it. Like, it's based a, on reality. Yeah, very accurate. Except Declan is not even a real character. No, and that's what honestly meant, because I watched a bit of the second season, and it was just like, it spiraled into something that was like, no, which like, I get it. I just, I guess maybe I'm just not a fan of like, based on reality, you know? I mean like, it is, because it just like, it became its own thing. Like in the second season, it's like yeah. completely not on reality at all. But the first season is very much entrenched. It's honestly up until Vito's death at the end, which spoiler, he died. Uh, <laughs> everybody dies. Spoiler, everybody spoiler, Literally, spoiler, every, and our people are still dying. Um, And so that's it. So it's like, it's all accurate in the first season and then the second season, it spirals into something else, which is like fine if like you're into that, you know? But like, anyways. I tried yes. to use the first season as like a basis for my research. I was like, okay, I'm yeah. going to start off on something fictional and then yeah. I'll be able to go in and get the facts. But then yeah. if the main character never existed, yeah. I, I felt a little betrayed. Because the things, ha- like the events themselves happen, you know? Like, yes, that char- like that character is just used so that we can like have a lens, you know? That's like true. Bring a character in. The, you know, the main thing, the, the fact that he was extradited for a crime in 1981, the unions that he made amongst the Irish and the bikers and the, and the, um, the Haitians? The Haitians. You know, all of that, like, these are all true, and, like, you know, the assassinations that took place, the because, obviously, the, the series itself is very much focused on the fall of the Rizitos, which, I'm, which we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Because, you know, I think the rise is itself interesting, but it's not as interesting as the fall. And, honestly, for a while, like, everything... It's almost weird because there's not much to say about Rizzuto's when things were going smoothly. Like, yeah. because yes, he he had, you know, this empire that was worth millions of dollars. And yes, he had, like, Montreal, like, in, like, the Palmas of Singers, you know? Yeah, but he it's had like, City Hall, he had cops, cops he had judges, there. he had, you know, mid To say nothing of the construction, <laughs> which oh was, like, literally God, run by Charbonneau him. The committee part of Insta- the TV show was pretty good. So good. And that's a big thing that we need to discuss because the Charbonneau committee is huge because I think the TV show paints it as a very much, like, 
as a good thing that like we are seeking justice and blah 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 and we have to expose corruption but i feel like when you like look at it in real life and maybe this is just my opinion or whatever but you kind of realize you're like oh like they just like scratched the surface baby like they didn't do like yeah. you know and that's which is super super interesting and we'll obviously get to later but yeah definitely the fall is the interesting part which i think it covers enough you know the show does a, a pretty good job in covering so yeah yeah i also think declan is a pretty likable character in the oh, TV yeah. show. like he's very warm and yeah. like, you trust him and then he goes i'm gonna fucking kill you yeah. and and then does and those cheekbones like that was, yeah, <laughs> the eyes, the the eyes. there we go seen. i was like yeah. good job like cassie like i mean i'm sure no mobster looks like that like i'm sure no he's like I'm sure, he's too pretty you know i like a little grit you know i but like also, a little some some nico nico Rizzuto jr is a very handsome actor and then i looked yes. at what he actually looked like, like I, e. amazing <laughs> not great amazing but everything else i think is pretty good that's it and i like it's we're talking good. about the beauty of these <laughs> which is like needs to be uglier you know they were honestly we're all ugly in real life and i know like that's the thing like i know and that's but another no thing canadian actors in the show too i know i know that was the like French very weird really bad. they'd be like it's pcm i was like okay yeah, it's it's like, like, under a truck hat yeah over oh. there and i'm making fun of someone's french really mean i know i know Although I feel like it never doesn't get it like it's never not a thrilling moment to like look at like when you see your city on TV. Yes. Like that is always gonna be a moment that makes me like excited. Like as soon as you see the landmarks and stuff, you're just like, oh, wow, like I live here. Like and I know this was a previous yeah. episode, but I know in your previous episodes you like discuss don't fuck with cats, you know. That but that way. was that was the like Christina and I were happy to see our city, and that wasn't like yeah. a terrifying documentary about a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> Despite honestly the fact they really made Montreal look like Detroit, <laughs> which I think is the biggest gag in the like the empty streets? Yeah! They like found like the shittiest part of Dakari. They were like, this is it! Like, you know? And I was like, okay. Like, I was like, and they applied some really strange gray filter that I remain confused about, but it's fine. It's all fine. Anyways, regardless. Yeah, they used, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also liked how the quarters at Griffintown, Wacom, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, downtown. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty small city. Like, they really yeah. made Wacom seem as if it was, like... Oh, yeah, like, it's like, it's, like it's not that far. So funny. I didn't realize that they eventually, essentially created Wacom. Yes, like, through their mansions and their constructions and all that stuff. It was, stuff. like, yeah. the strip, you They know? did that. Yeah, amazing. Shout out to everyone in Buffa. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's the I mean, I think that's like of interesting because as we're talking about like, you know, history, you know, I feel yeah. like no one knows like, okay, like this is where the Montreal mob began. Like no one knows this is where like the mafia happened. Like obviously, you know, I feel like in any place that's densely populated with immigrants, some are going to unite and some are and groups to get formed. But it's right. like if we're talking about like why Montreal specifically as opposed to like Hamilton, although that does have its own mob presence there, right. or as opposed to any other city, like I think the port is a huge thing. Like, yes. There's the fact that there's like close proximity to NYC, which like is there's prominent mob families there, and that's Absolutely. a big thing. And obviously, yes, in the 20th century, Montreal was definitely growing as a place, and so that made it very appealing to immigrants. But I think like the old port, like the fact that there's a shipping port that provides like that access to like different parts of the world was like a huge thing, and so it made total sense that Vito Rizzuto wanted to like secure that location, you know? Yeah, and it also made uh, like it made a point of it in the in the podcast that mm -hmm. like as soon as cocaine hit the city of yeah. Montreal, that's when like organized crime became like sort of like low level organized crime to like you're able to make like mil millions from coke. Yeah. It, like it just hit the city. They're able to. It's, it's addictive. It's expensive, <laughs> and you know that's that's what went from like low level organized crime to like the big leagues. Yes. The the introduction of cocaine in the eighties to Montreal. Okay, so we'll just talk about a very brief overview Please. of the rides. Okay, so basically Sicilian immigrants. So um. We'll start. It starts off with Nicolo Rizzuto, who is like Nick Senior, so not the junior that I knew, but the father, and his son is Vito. So it goes Nicolo, v, which is Nick Senior, 
Vito, and then Nick Jr. Okay. Amazing. So, anyways, so Niccolo comes here, and he, again, represents, like, the Sicilian faction of of, of the Catroni family. So he arrives in the 1970, um, and basically, at that point, there's, like, this internal war that breaks out in the 1970s, and that basically, like, leads to the end of the Catronis. And, again, we're going to touch back on this, because war, violence, internal stuff, that is, like, a theme that was in the show. It's in the podcast. It's a huge theme when it comes to the Rizzuto. Violence begets violence still in Sicily or they're now in Montreal? No, so they were in Montreal. Niccolo okay. comes here. An internal war breaks out. Catronis are done. And that allows Rizzuto's to sort of become the preeminent family in Montreal. Okay. So that's sort of the rise, is that this internal thing, and that's, you're going to see that again with the fall of the Rizzuto, is it's always like an internal thing that basically leads to the end of one family, and when one family ends, another one comes to take its place. Yeah, true. Yeah, and so basically, so the Catronis end, Rizzuto's kind of moved to the top. Uh, this is at a point where Vito is young enough to basically take control. Like, Niccolo is like, you know what, we're going to give it yeah, to the son. Yeah, he's like in his early 30s. He's in his early 30s, so he takes it out. And basically, that is, that is in essence, the rise. You know, internal thing, one thing, one family falls, another one comes in. And Vito sort of takes it until his death. He basically saw, like, an empire that was worth, like, hundreds of millions of dollars. And he, the, what he did differently, as opposed to other families, was he, as we mentioned, united everyone. You know, like, when he was, a, he... he brought the Haitians, he brought the Irish, he brought the, the bikers, Hell's Angels, and he, by doing that, he sort of created this unity, and for years, like, there was peace, like, we're talking, like, from the end well, of the 70s. Peace. relative peace. peace. Yeah. Relative peace. As much peace as you could have in <laughs> Um And so, we're talking, like, from the 1970s to, like, the late 2000, like, or, like, you know, 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was where, like, that period is just allowed well, him to grow. Until Vito went to jail. Yes, amazing. Which I we should absolutely talk about. So now we're talking about the rise. I want to also yeah. talk about how like it, it was like the New York family, the New York Family Association. Yes. How in in the seventies he goes to New York to a mm. wedding and he's seen at this high this yeah. high mafia wedding in New York City yeah. and that's where he gets like I guess commissioned to earn their trust. He gets he gets yeah. incorporated entangled entanglement an entanglement. She had pick it somewhere. It's like ah. He gets entangled yeah, in, the, in the New York Mafia, yeah. and, and he is organized as the person who's actually doing a hit on a boss in New York. Yes. So he earns the trust, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's, he's somehow connected, and that's how he gets the reputation of the sixth family. Yes, exactly. And that is super important, because this is the Bonanos, which is yes. in the, one of the five major families in New York. And right. this is what is so, so interesting, is that... For all of the stuff that Vito did here, all of the Rizzutos, all of like the hits, the racketeering, the da, you know... In the end, it was like this one crime that he did with the Bonanos in 1981 yeah. that leads to his fall, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, again, we're talking about he was here, like, in power for, like, 30 years-ish. And, like, this one little thing that I'm sure he just wrote off in the middle of nothing. Like, this one crime. But it wasn't even the Canadian government that got him. That's like, it. It was the Americans yeah. who extradited him. And yes. in the, again, in the podcast, they were talking yeah. about how many times they almost had him. I know. But they had yeah. nothing to apply to him. Like, exactly. Like, he, he, he had, like, like... Like parking tickets, like yeah. all these like weird. Yeah. Like, they're like, we need to get anything. anything. Like anything. And so he was really harassed for anything. Yes. Right, at least, like, <laughs> like reasonably so. Yeah. But anything he did, it was all low level things that didn't end up sticking. Yeah. So carry on. So that's it. So again, it gets. So basically, the, uh, the US government is like, okay, so they finally track him to this one crime that happened in 1981. It was just a murder. He was a part of it. Um, I'm sure he had forgotten all about it. Amazing. No, but again, it was just like this little thing that, like, Anyone would have, but the U.S. government gets yeah. him for that. And I, the cop who arrested him yeah. showed up to his house yeah. and to arrest him, and he had the warrant and everything. Yeah. And he was like, 
Make him some coffee. Yeah. Like, he asked his wife to make the and he's like, no, no, no yeah. you don't understand. Like I'm arrested. Yeah. He's like, okay, you're arrested. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm Just sure it. he's been arrested so many times. Yeah, he's like, and, okay. But only when he's in the car do they tell him what his charges are. That's he's it. like, wait, what? Like again, it doesn't even occur to him. He's yeah. probably thinking of a thousand other things they could have caught him for. Yeah. And he was like, wait, what? Yeah. Okay. He's like that person I put in the river the other week. He's like, you know, like the like, like I, extortion, the corruption. <laughs> like, oh no, this random thing from 1981 that like I briefly had a sit in, you know? Like, yeah. again, Sabres and Rajagin. And so, and that really, like, began the fall because he basically, he gets extradited to the U.S. and he serves time. And he it was like... a plea deal. That's right? it, yeah. And it's 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in Brooklyn where his trial was. Yeah. There was a, he cut a 10-year plea deal and basically had to go in front of the court and say, that, okay, oh my God, a total... So in the, yeah. in the, in the episode, in the yes. TV episode, they were like, let's get him the best lawyers. We're going to get him the best yeah. lawyers. From that weird like, actress who had, like, a really raspy voice. And I was like... <laughs> I was just really confused. She's like, hello, I'm the best lawyer in town. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, That's literally her. I know. I was like, okay. Like, anyways, we proceed. And they're like, we're going to get you OJ's lawyer. He's like, yeah. Johnny Cochran's dead. Yeah. Like, who are you going to get? But they did. In real life, they got the other, they got the other OJ lawyer. Yeah. The white guy. To the, actually, the, the, white white guy. the white guy. Well, there was Johnny Cochran and there was yeah. the white guy. And he also, was, you know, um, defended uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Oh, my God, girl. That's, so, we're going to talk about that later, circle, too. I mean, the lawyer is the worst man alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, ah, oh, here's a piece of shit that needs defending. <laughs> Call up the guy! Like, I mean, man, like, it's awful. Like, I don't know what his business card must be, but it literally must just be, like, a turd. Like, that's it. Literally, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Like, just sign your name here on the dotted line, and, like, fire erupts in the background. Like, that is the worst. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, all you have to do is go in front of the judge, yeah. uh, plead guilty, because that's what a plea deal is, yeah. and then, like, that's it. And he wasn't, he never actually actually admitted he killed the guy yeah. he said he was like i was in the room and yeah. uh and the judge was like i'm not gonna accept that as your plea deal yeah. he goes they, they talk he goes i was holding a gun like <laughs> like, like, like fine whatever yeah. send him to jail and he goes to jail in colorado yes amazing and so he spends a fair far bit of time away. there far super far away and you know as anyone will tell you anyone who's seen game of thrones he cut off the head of the snake the rest is gonna die too and so this is a tea and so when he's gone things just like start to fall apart internal war you know everything that could go wrong literally goes wrong you know yeah. 2009 his son is killed aka nick jr <laughs> aka the man who used to buy me ice cream <laughs> I was, and literally gets killed like a week after he bought and i know that's like really really bait and i know i don't want to be like one of those people in a documentary that's like he was so sweet to me but he was and so i was like and i remember specifically the bacon ice cream that he made me try once and it was incredible where'd you get to get ice cream I, it was so listen was it just the two of you walking because like, you walked together Ice cream, we imagine. would walk together. Basically, my dad uh, used to own a restaurant downtown, and you know, it was an Italian restaurant. And so, if you build an Italian restaurant, the Italians are gonna come. And so, he would just—he was a regular or whatever. And my dad, instead of paying for babysitters, was always just like, you know, like. Come just over. Come just come to the restaurant. I'm just like a kid, I so I'm just like, all right. And like no, all you're the not time. You're 13. Okay, Matt. No, <laughs> you're not a time. child. Oh my god, I guess I'm not a you're child. You're in seventh grade. Like it's your first year of high school. Did yes, I know. With this, I did. I had, had glasses, braces. braces. That's why the poor boy took you for ice. Girl, <laughs> I know. He's like, who's this ugly fuck? I'm like, I need to make him feel better. I also have, and I still have. I'm not gonna show you. I have foot inserts. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> orthotics. Yeah, orthotics. Those are so 
essential. I'm a girl. I got flat feet. I mean, listen, I, I, this, cause this was not like just like a one week thing. Like this was going on for years. And you know, like, so, well, that was it. It wasn't like, I just like a one week, like, let's go ice cream. You know, like I was like a kid, like I was a kid and then became a teenager, um, as it was happening. So it was just like, this is like, my dad had owned a restaurant for Did years. Did your dad tell you who he was? No. Which is like the tea of it all. Like, when it was just like a Nick. Who, Amazing. Yeah. When I was like, oh, like, where's Nick? Like he doesn't like appear. And he's like, well, I <laughs> see. No, like it was just it was just like oh I haven't seen him in a bit and then like I found out and like honestly like really weird and I know this is so dumb but as a kid you think like the world is about you and like I was in high school and like Wait, let's be real center of the universe gets real crowded I gotta say that <laughs> I was in, um but it was like so I was there and so like I I like really took it to heart and like let's be real I used to listen to Green Day at least Lynn Powermore My Chemical Romance like it was all about me it was really sad like let's go and so it was like but it was sad like genuinely because I was like oh like this nice guy get along like a week after we have ice cream is just like shot and like again I didn't know about any of it and this is not defending because like honestly like the shit that he did or allegedly did is like really fucked up I mean and like you know there's no excusing that stuff but as a kid you're like all right this guy gives me ice cream so like that's the key to my heart obviously still is you want to date me just buy me some ice cream <laughs> um but that's it so 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 Dad runs this business. He's a regular. And that's it. There was just like an ice cream. It was on De La Montagne. There's like a million. There's like a Ben and Jerry's around there, like near yeah. Concordia. You know, and just like little walks to there. And like, not that we're talking about much. And I had no, I had no idea who he was. Like, no yeah. idea. Uh, but he was just like, this like little friend. And like, not that we were talking about anything interesting, you know, but it was just like, okay, like this guy. And then it's what so weird. What do you weird. Two have to talk about? That's such a good point. Anyway, so that's it. So he dies. So where does he die? gets shot outside of his house uh going for a walk outside i think he was moving he was going in his car and then bop, bop, you know yeah. get shot outside of his house so they paint him as like do you believe that when his father was in prison he was the don when he was away acting don how, I, how involved do you think he actually was? i don't think he was that involved i mean like i think you know the show very much paints it as like he was the kid that the dad tried to make sure stayed away from that life, but eventually, once you get out, they pull you back in, and like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. and it's like, he I was don't working know. at a real estate development That's it. Firm. He was. He was. He was. Like, obviously, like it's like I think he was just you know like the the rich guy of like the son, like little privileged son who like maybe didn't have plans to be involved, but like inevitably like you know, your dad goes to jail, now you have, like, this whole empire, like, you probably want to step up, but I also don't think that, like, sort of as the show painted, like, everyone was like, okay, like, we want to give it to this guy, because he had his own thing, you know, so I don't, yeah. I don't think he was the active gun, but, like, it's obviously anybody's, anybody's name. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. So he dies, 2009, 2010, Nick Sr. dies while eating with his family, you know, just, like, having dinner he with He was the, sniped through the window. Sniped through the window home. of his home. That's, dinner. he's 85. Yeah, like, which was another thing, and, like, very what was ugly. What he going to do? Amazing. <laughs> like, what was he Amazing. Gonna do? Just wanted to eat some tomatoes. So in like, the TV show, he was literally picking tomatoes, and yeah. he was sniped through his home, and it, it went yeah. through two glass. First, yeah. it was, like, the, like the, the door, yeah. and then through his window. So it yeah. was, and I'm wondering, who are these precision snipers? Oh, I know, I know, who, you know what? what? I can't, like, I can't, I know. And I also, you know... I also read that the reason it was done that way is because when they had first killed that mm. Montreal Italian family to yeah. like get their, you know, to be the Montreal crime family, they also sniped the man in his home, in his, you yeah. know, in his home yes. through, through his door with a sniper. Yeah. And they have like, I learned this from The Sopranos, so <laughs> there is like mafia code. Yes. So while you are living like with, you know, your 
doing illegal activities and you're below the law, you still have a certain moral code that you adhere to. And apparently, mm. when you kill somebody at home in front of their wife and children, just the wife yeah. and children, they can't know, yeah. right? That's you're breaking the code. So it was sort of revenge, supposedly. Yeah. That's what I. There's honor among thieves, hundred percent. That's what I was trying to say. And that's it. No, there's honor among thieves. And yeah, as in the TV show, they depicted like he was just picking like garden, like a, a tomato I don't know or whatever. Because in real life, it's more ruthless. It's more ruthless. Sitting at the dinner table with his wife and daughter. That's it. I guess City News has. <laughs> City TV has some like restrictions on what they could put. <laughs> Honestly, like love the show, but like sometimes I was like, okay, blood isn't that red, you know? Like I was like, there were like little things, yeah. and then like, I'd be like, okay. The things that they would show, like they would show people hanging and getting yeah. getting like chopped up by meat grinders and yeah. like beat his arm with a hammer. Yeah, yeah. But but then that's what they were like. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> I guess it's the anything with kids. I get it. Maybe. So actually, yeah. Now that you say that, yeah. but that's it. So that's it. So he dies, and then twenty ten, also that um his bodyguard is killed, which is another big thing because the bodyguard was apparently supposed to be they don't show this in the show but was supposed to be like the next in line you know he was like very much yeah. like acting like there's rumors that he was acting while Vito was gone so again it's kind of like this like bam 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 you know just like he's gone he's in Colorado he can't do anything you know and so like while he's gone the competition or anyone he might have wrong is sort of just like all right now is our time to move in and Vito wasn't able to leave prison in Colorado to go to his son's funeral no that which was is true cra- yeah that's true that's crazy that's crazy was he able to go to his father's funeral no ruthless I know I mean like I, I don't like know. Only the Americans are that yeah. ruthless. Like Canada, that shit doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Get your furlough. Go out for two days. Yeah. Be like flanked by people. You know. Although, again, like I think, because now, again, we're moving to. 2013. Yeah. Vito passes away. Not as fast. And this is like the craziest part. He gets out of Not, jail after he gets ten out of jail. years. A whole bunch of people die as soon as he gets out of jail. All the people they suppose he suppose supposedly thinks is behind the death of his son and his father. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so gets out of jail. And here's the ironic thing. So for all of his things, for all of these crimes, for all of these hits that are coming on the Rosita families, he doesn't get assassinated. He doesn't get shot. He dies. I mean, like, again, this is like, there obviously are the conspiracy theories or there are like different, but officially he dies from pulmonary complications at Sakika Hospital 2013. Very weird twist of fate. Like, obviously you can have like, was he poisoned? The show makes it seem that he was poisoned, but like, eh, eh. Um, officially pulmonary complications. And his funeral, and again, we're talking about like, like, when mobsters die, they're not having, like, their private stuff. Like, his thing, we're talking, like, Celine Dion husband level. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, talking, yeah, like, yeah. we got the cameras, we got people from out of town, we got, like, it's, yeah. like, a shebang. It is honestly, like, my inspiration for my own funeral one day. Okay, I'll note that. Absolutely, there will be... Mm, I'm gonna outlive you, so... Yes, uh, Hunter, if I keep eating these McDonald's, like, wait, <laughs> it's gone! Um, regardless, 100%, uh, I would also like some albino drag queens. Anyways, <laughs> just putting it out there, dress as Tweety Bird. Um, <laughs> just putting it out there for everybody. Regardless, pass away funeral is a big thing um and that's it and then this is like ever since he's gone there's like been this huge thing of like it's been quiet it's been quiet but it also hasn't been quiet and we're all thinking you know is there like a vacuum of power that he left behind you know where people try to fight for the top and nobody really knows nobody really knows what is what is the crime scene the organized crime scene in montreal look like now i mean that's like the thing is again it's been Super quiet, it but was segregated. It went back completely back to being separated. He unified them, and then now they're they're back. That's to... it. It was the end of an era, beginning of a new one. Yeah. And you know, because obviously, as we said, this is like the most famous crime family in Canadian history. So yeah. the question is, what happens after? You know, it's yeah. 2013. He dies, and that's again on everybody's mind. Is like now what? You know, where's everyone getting their cocaine? Where's everybody? Go? And this is the tea. Is like obviously the idea that like the mob is done after Vito's death is like a myth you know like let's be real like we might not hear about it but even though like the tea is like we don't hear about the mob as much anymore obviously as we've sort of gotten into you know crimes have changed we're not talking about like racketeering or fraud now we're talking about like stuff like 
I don't know, hacking. I mean, it's in digital stuff. Like, it's it's all different. But for all of the, like, we don't talk about the mobs, like, there have been, like, a series of recent hits. Like, Vito died, but, like, let's, like, I wrote a few of them down. Yeah. March 1st, 2016, Rizzuto's Lieutenant and the successor is shot to death in Shaman. May 27th, another under, uh, 2016, another underboss shot to death in Laval. Yeah. January 30th, 2017, Rizzuto Enforcer assassinated in Toronto. July, and just this recently, just as it, there we go. June 20, 2020. Whoa. Very recent. Pat Musitano, who is the last of a dynasty that was um, associated with Rizzuto, also shot to death. So it's like this constant, like, it's not... Who's doing these killings? That's it. Who's... Obviously, again, we're talking about, like, the vacuum that was left behind. And obviously, like, when stuff like this happens, you're not going to find out who did it. You know? Like, this is very much like you're walking down the street, bap, 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 you're done. You know? No, there's no trail. Can we go over some theories? Yeah. So there's, like, the theory that um, Ontario mob bosses... Hamilton, yeah. Hamilton mob bosses want, you know, one in on the action. So that's Mm -hmm. one train. Then there's there's internal, you know, the internal people that the, you know, either the Hells Angels or the, you know, the Irish or the Haitians, you know, they had, like, disputes internally and they thought now's their time to get a more, a larger piece of the pie. There are um, Americans who also think there's too too much drama going on. So, I don't know. I don't know which one seems... I don't know. Do you have any theories? I mean, again, it sort of gets to the point where, like, the mob has always operated in the shadows. And obviously, like, the fall of the Vito Rizzuto crime dynasty is, like, a huge thing because that brought it to light. And then, obviously, we need to talk about the Charbonneau conviction, which we'll get to in a second. But I genuinely do believe that, like, right now, things are in flux. And you kind of just don't... It's just everyone struggling to get a piece of the pie. However, there is also the idea that, like, listen, like, if... Let's random example like if jeff bezos died tomorrow there'd be a new head of amazon like crime families rise and fall like this you know and so just and just because you don't hear about them basically just means they're doing a good job and i'm sure that like down the line years from now something will happen we'll be like ah like this crime family has been like took over from Vito's death and now this over but right now because things are probably going well you're not gonna hear like very much like make no mistake like the mob is out there and whether there's a power struggle or whether somebody just swooped in to take care of it something's happening you might not hear it about it and that kind of brings up another point and this is again just a kind of like an abstract concept but it's like do we do we care enough about the mob that like if things are going smoothly and you're not hearing anything is that better like, do we care enough to be like, okay, we need to stop every mobster? Or if things are going smoothly and you're not hearing about it, are we as like a society just content with being like... Complicit. Complicit, let it happen so long as we're not involved. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Because oh, it's happening. It's just, it's happening. <laughs> there are things happening and we just don't know about them. And like, it's almost that ignorance is bliss thing, you know? Of like, just because right now, like, like the mob is still active, there's probably another head. But it's like, because we don't hear about it, you know, we're sort of just like okay with like letting it happen you know it's only when things get messy like the the fall of the Rizzutos that like we're like oh my god we need to get in it and I think that brings up a really important point because I think that's yeah. why it's very it was very yeah. convenient to say that you know oh there's no more mafia because you know all the Rizzutos are dead that's so, it like, that's why it w- it's a, c- a more Good, convenient yeah, answer yeah. but yeah but then as we're sort of exploring if people are still getting hit like again like the one that just happened in July like that was like days ago. Must be ago. quarantining. Well, yeah, who was right? Who who was Ooh. doing? Sorry, who, who? I'm like an owl. I just become. Ooh. I just like grow. I just like grow wings. I mean, no, that's it. Like, who is like, who is scheduling a mob hit in COVID? Okay, mobsters. Like, very, this is their thing. Very um, simmer down. Simmer down, but also very uh, like, who? Where do you think this man is going? Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Very, I mean, uh, big assumptions that he's making moves. Yeah, I mean, the team is now constructed 
production has resumed. So like, <laughs> is the guy. Regardless, and this is again where we could bring up the Charbonneau Commission. So for those who don't know, this is also as Vito's falling, as all of this crazy stuff is happening. Yeah. Um, to sort of cement the fall, there is a a woman Charbonneau who basically starts digging deep, and you know, and her commission is to basically root out corruption, and that she does, and it takes her a hot minute, but she is basically the reason why we know about the inner workings of the Zuda is she basically exposed, you know, through this investigation into Montreal Corrupt, she revealed that, like, a significant portion of the city's construction industry uh, was run by the mob. And inadvertently, that led to the resignation of Gérard Tablet, mayor of Montreal, and his successor, Michael Applebaum, who had this, in addition to having the silliest name ever, <laughs> was just a piece of shit! And so, <laughs> I mean, it's not worse that you, obviously you have a dumb name, now you're an asshole. Um, and so, basically, it was like, and it was this huge revelation that basically the heads of nearly every construction industry company were connected to the family. And that's a huge deal. Like, that was like, like, when that happened, that like, blew it, because it's like, now, it's like as if somebody to, like came up to you today and was just like, by the way, like every like everything you know is run by the mob. And yeah. it's like, okay, so... City construction projects yeah. cost 20% more in this province than oh, other yeah. provinces mm. because, you know, they hike up the price for, mm -hmm. for mafia. That's it. And I think it's just like, I don't... Like, and this is... This is where we get into, again, more abstract and more, like, the concept of the law. Because everyone can agree, obviously, corruption is bad. But, the, like... It's almost this thing that we all know it happens, but we don't... We, we don't care? We, I wouldn't even say we don't care, because we do it. Like, you hear corruption, you're like, oh, that's awful, you know? But it's, it's, it's and obviously, like, with the Charbonneau Committee, what it did as a whole, you know, it did root out corruption, and Wasn't it did... Wasn't the Charbonneau Committee, like, very recently found also to be but something that's it. bad? It just, yes! <laughs> but that's happening! Bruh! Like, what? why my Turcotte interchange still be, like, <laughs> amazing? The fuck? Like, does it take two decades to, like, to fix an interchange? Like, I think it brings up the point where it's like, listen, like, we know corruption is rapid. And just because, like, the Charbonneau co like, uh, Commission exposed a little bit of it doesn't mean that it's not, you know, the SVVM is still corrupt. A bunch of people are still, a bunch of huge organizations. The construction is still probably led by them all. But it's almost like, I don't want to be like, so what? Because obviously that's a terrible thing. But it's also just like, if everything, I don't know. It's, it's disparaging. It is disparaging because you're like, what else can we do? And like, no, it's almost like as nobody cares about corruption as long as shit gets done. Yeah. You know? And like, that's like a weird thing to say, but it's like... Girl, we gon' we gonna put in some point of view. Like, all right, classic example, the Saputos. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, for those of you who don't know, although I'm sure you know, uh, cheese um, empire. Cheese empire. One Lino of, Saputo was at Vito's funeral. Is the tea. Lino Saputo is a billionaire and is one of the ten richest men in Canada. And he took his little little homemade cheese uh market thing to like now this international empire. Good for him. But it has been proven countless times that he has mob connections like he's been connected with the risottos he's been connected with the bananas and everybody knows this i just i don't know i feel like if a mobster died i wouldn't be like you know what i i'm gonna Who show like you know just send in flowers that's it and i think and it, i think this is like a crazy is like everyone knows that this is like everybody knows the saputos are connected to the mob i like to think it was in the past though a war connected but forgot everyone knows that ghost connections exist but so long as we're getting our cheese, like it's I don't know, cheese. it's great cheese. Honestly, phenomenal. The cheese curds, incredible. I, know. I don't know what the fuck they did. If you want to make nachos, use the Saputo cheese. <laughs> or poutine. Yeah, are you, you might be supporting the mob. It's great for party platters. It's fine. Mozzarella yeah. cheese sticks. Let's go. Um, but that's it. So it's like we all know that this is a thing. But 
you know, as long as we're not, as long as people aren't getting shot up in the street, as long as there aren't crazy things happening, and like, as long as it's all happening in the shadows, we're almost like content to let it happen. And I know that's awful, and I know, I know that like maybe that speaks out of us. And obviously, like, there are uh, genuinely, as objectively, corruption is bad, but we know that it happens, and we know it happens in the shadows. And as far as we can turn a blind eye to it, I I, I wonder how easy it is to corrupt like the entire gut like. City Hall, as they keep putting it in the show, or, like, yeah. the cops. I wonder, because, you know, in the TV show, they really make it seem like it's it, a lot of people are hard to turn. You know, they're threats to your family. Yeah. They're, you know, like like the doctor the yeah. doctor that, that uh, diagnosed Vito with terminally ill cancer, yeah. like, get him out of, I don't know if that's true, they get mm. him out of prison early. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, They gave him, like, a fake cancer diagnosis, yeah. and, like, they went... Whatever, like it was like, oh, here are pictures of your whole family. Why are you giving me pictures of my whole family? You know, and yeah. like, I'm gonna give you two hundred thousand dollars to write this. You know, like crazy. It seems. It seems. Yeah. I wonder how easy it is, or to to corrupt people. We're talking about people who turn. We're talking about the mob or whatever. But here's like the fundamental thing is like, let's say you're like the owner of a business on like Monkland or something. Somebody comes up to you and is like, "Hi, you're gonna start paying us." Yeah. For protection. Uh, for protection. And if you don't, there are going to be problems. You know, either you're going to get a bullet or here's a picture of your kid, you know, who's like at the elementary school and don't you love your kid? You're going to pay. You know, you're going like to do it. It's easier that way. It seems easier It's that just way. easier that way. It, it really is. And it's like, and it's not to say that like, that the, scene where that guy didn't want to pay, and yeah. then they they like threw a bomb in his car. And yeah, closed, like closed them in the car. That was yeah. traumatizing. No, it is. It's absolutely traumatizing, and that's like the tease. Like you're not going to something like that happens, you're going to pay because you're not going to go to the cops because you know the cops are corrupt. You know they can't prove anything, and you know that something's going to happen if somebody threatens your kid or if somebody threatens you, and it's like we're gonna you're gonna turn. And I think it's just like. It's almost, like, I don't want to say that, like, again, it's, like, it's rough because I don't want to be, like, that's the way things have always been and so it's just going to be thing. But there is something to say that, like, the mob has always employed these tactics and it's kind of hard to say no when you have your family on the line or your life on the line, you know? How do you, why, why do you think Montreal has been affected more than other cities? Because, mm. I don't know, what is the Toronto crime scene like? More diverse, maybe less unified. <laughs> it's all just suits. I mean, <laughs> it's all just honestly, their crime is like a white collar, blue. You know, like they're like, if we're gonna do that, they're just they're just a bunch of suits trying to take your money. Just like, but that's yeah. the thing. As I don't, I mean, obviously, like the mob or organized crime exists like throughout the world. Whether it's like the yakuza or whether it's like the bikers or the house, like, like there's always gonna be organized crime. It's like really rough to say because it's like like can we live in a world without organized crime like i feel like we'd like to well, i want to believe also argue that you know just because it's legal it's also organized crime like like police, yeah you know police stuff that's like it legal police stuff city a lot of city hall yeah. politicians it's just white collar that's it like just because it's legalized doesn't mean it's not organized crime and it's like we want to believe that like we live in a world like we've lived in a world where like, say the mob didn't exist. But honestly, like, I feel as far as you can go back, you know, there's always been somebody trying to take your money for their own personal gain. Yeah. And there's always been, like, a and whether you believe in, like, weird conspiracies like the Templar Order that's, like, been <laughs> running things with the Illuminati, or whether you believe that, like, in the past, you know, like, the church would often be like, oh, like, you um, did a sin. If you give us money, then you're going to heaven, you know, which were called indulgences. Fun fact humans can be corrupted and we see in history whether it's like the people that Peaky Blinders based on or whether we see you know the Catholic Church being like ah like here like give us these indulgences give us this monetary money and you will go to heaven you know it's like we're constantly seeing just like examples throughout history of 
of of of corruption. corruption. That's it. And you're still gonna see it in the states. We were you brought up Jeffrey Epstein before, girl. I was watching again the documentary for like the fifteenth time. Like such like two in the morning, and that's like another thing of like. This idea that, like, we all know it's happening. We all know that there's a revenue. Like, even, again, his death. You don't tell me that, like, the tape's just mysteriously, the camera's just like, you know? Like, a shut off. Like, a no, you know? And it's like, we have all of these things where it's like, we know, same with, like, the mafia. Again, tying it all back together. Like, we know that this is the thing. We know that this is a problem. But it's almost like it's bigger than us. And if it doesn't, it's not to say if it doesn't affect us we don't care about it because obviously with, like, say, like, the Black Lives Matter, like, we're, we're seeing, like, this allyship that's, like, taking it to the next level. But it's, like, I don't know, there, whether it's, like, there are more important or pressing things, but it's just, like, we know that this is a problem and yet we're not going to do anything about it, you know? Because yeah. you can't, it's the mob is almost, or organized crime has become something that's bigger than the sum of its parts, you know? It's just, it's, it's, it's become this thing that we view as, like, inevitable. Thinking about the crime movies, you're thinking about the Rizzutos, you're thinking about the banana, you're thinking about every single thing that is associated with the mob. And it's almost become, like, this giant thing like it's just like it's the mob as a concept and the mob as a concept is something that is 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 inevitable it's something that you can't take down no matter how much you did like the charbonneau commission like for all that it did for all of it's like we are going to expose corruption corruption still happens mob hits still happen it's there's no end to it you know and we want to believe that there is an end but it's almost inevitable and i know that's cynical i know i'm a very i'd like to think that i'm a very positive person but i i do have like that weird thing of like this is how it is and it's it's change is difficult you know what leads to organized crime so hmm. what so whether it's the church whether it's you know yeah. these, these mob families what leads to is is it greed that they want hmm. like the quickest way to make a few bucks that is it hmm. is it jealousy of those who are like those who have and the have nots and yeah. what what put them in their position yeah. what what leads what leads to that i love that you're asking the question you know like you're asking the good questions yeah. i love that because this is like there are like again liberal arts degree coming in who's handy who's to blame that's it for the risottos the and then who's to blame for the fall of the like Rizzutos? are we to blame these are like the greater questions and i know i don't want to be like that snooty little english person because who's like this is how it is i'm sorry but it's literally like the american dream because if you can argue that the american yeah. you know it's been it's been portrayed the american dream is portrayed if yeah. you can easily debunk it yeah. as not really possible as like a, an arbitrary construction yeah. right those yeah. are the ways to achieve it are illegal quickest way quickest right? way quickest right way in one generation and it wasn't yeah. even one generation the, the risottos were three generations yeah you know so the villain never knows that they're the villain you know i'm sure in his mind Vito Rizzuto was like what i'm doing is good you know i am doing like in it and i know there how are do we get into stories i remember yeah. i remember in the again in the podcast and i don't remember which which mafia boss they were talking about somebody mm. who was arrested and convicted and then like again the priest went on his behalf to like to like vouch for his mm. his generosity yeah. and his sentence was reduced because he was seen as being a good person yeah so you're right in that yeah. yeah. No, but I genuinely think that, like, again, like, I don't... We're getting to, like, this abstract thing where it's, like, I'm sure in his mind... Like, I don't genuinely believe that somebody wakes up in the morning and is like, you know what? I'm going to be an asshole today. Like, I'm going to be a bad person. I'm going to watch the world burn. And like, I'm sure there are people like that. But I genuinely don't think... He justified his crimes. He was like, listen, I am an Italian immigrant. I came here for opportunity, and I'm going to have it. And I'm going to take it. And I'm sure in his mind, he was like, what I'm doing is one for the family like what i'm doing is i'm going to give my life my kids a better life i'm going it's to it's true he you know, you know they didn't want 
rumored that they didn't want Nick Jr. Yeah. to be in, entangled in all That's this. it. Again. And, uh, um, and they also mentioned that in the documentary that, you know, there were a lot of, at least in the Haitian and Irish, yeah. like, under, like, they weren't pushed to crime because they wanted to. Like, mm-hmm. they said that they were, they already felt like they were, like, prejudiced. They had prejudice against them from the cops who already assumed that they were, you know, and, and mm-hmm. then, you know, they were bullied at school. And, like, it's all through and being low income and, yeah. you know. Um, it was through this where it felt inevitable, right? Yeah. They already had like a poor relationship with cops, where and that's just how it how it ended up happening. I'm sure in his mind, there's a part that can justify being like what I'm doing to the construction industry. Like it's almost not to say that the construction industry Italians get these contracts. That's a, yeah, like not to yeah, like in almost a weird way, but it's like it's not to say that the construction industry owes a lot of its buildings or contracts or all that to the Rizzutos. But in a way, it kind of, like, I don't want to be like, and again, that's like a totally other question that I'm only thinking about now that we're talking about this. But it's almost like, were the Rizzutos a necessary component of the construction industry? You know, like, was yeah. it like, do we owe a lot of the buildings that we have downtown or the build, like, you know, this rapid growth to the Rizzutos? Like, it's almost, and I don't, again, it's not, I'm not a pro Rizzuto person, but I think it's an interesting question to ask, you know, is the mob not just, yes, it is bad. By all accounts, it is morally, objectively a bad thing. But is it necessary? Wow, you blew my mind. Because it happened. It, it is what it is. It's happened. All we can do is sort of just be like, is look back and be like, okay, maybe. You know, like, is this, does this have some deeper meaning? And you're bringing up some really, really, like, again, you're very good at this because you bring up very important pertinent themes because when you look at the Rizzutos and when you look at that, there's, like, themes that keep coming up in the sense of, like, one, like, family is a huge thing. Violence is a huge thing because, honestly, and that I think the show portrayed really, really well, is, like, violence begets violence. Like, uh, as soon as a family rises, another one falls. And, like, there's no escaping it. Like, once you're in this organized crime thing, like, you have, like, a mark on your head for the rest of your life. And you might see, like, and I'm sure that power is going to feel good, but whatever comes up must come down from like with every historical empire. That's it. Like There's the rise Greeks and fall and of Romans empires. And Persian. That's and it. Ottoman. Like you it's... can have the strongest. You can have the fucking Mongol Empire that like took over Asia that eventually just becomes nothing and it goes extinct. You can have like the most powerful thing and whatever no goes... Rome would fall. That's it. What goes up always comes down. And like that's like, I think when you look at the Rizzuto, the rise and fall as like almost like a story or whatever, like because it makes, it's a fascinating story of of just a family that, like, it began with violence, it began with that internal conflict, and it ended with violence. And at the end of the day, like, what do you have to show for yourself? At the end, when all this happened, like, yes, you get what you want for, like, a time, and there's, like, what, 30, nearly 40 years where Vito Rizzuto and his family can live in, like, this peace, you know, of, like, peace, I did that peace. relative peace. I don't peace. think he has peace, like, That's in it. his heart late at night. That's it. Or, like, in this term of, like, we are on He's top. He's not even safe in his home. That's it. That, which is crazy to me. Like, imagine, like, again, watching, like, the snipers thing, like that is insane to me sometimes like I'll be like me little West Island journalist I'm like what if so I like look outside the window and I'm like what like you know I'm like who's out there like, that's uh, it at least yeah. it'd be quick you make a convincing argument I'm just no I, I, I'm shocked I'm shocked when you look at it purely as an allegory as a story of it's very Game of Thrones-esque where it's like the wheel kind of just continues you're on top one moment and then you're crushed by it on another I don't know. It, it. I think it must be so weird to imagine just like being in the mob and just being like, I could be on top for a little bit, but I won't be on top forever. And I get that that's like a story of the human condition, whether you're like a sports athlete who's like on top of the world, but then eventually your age is going to catch up to you. Or whether you're just like a, a, a mayor who gets elected, but like eventually somebody else is going to come into office. You know, it just, it's a thing to be human that eventually whatever comes up has to come down. 
I agree. Yeah. I agree. Little, Let me see. Let's different. have that conversation. <laughs> the way the actor and Vito Rizzuto yeah. spoke, very Marlon Brando-esque. <laughs> I think that was, that was like, there's no way he actually speaks like that. He actually speaks like that. He shoved cotton balls. Like, that's how Marlon Brando Literally, got it. The cotton um, ball, like, shoved, yeah. which is insane to me. I mean, I remember once I did a presentation on, this is such a full circle moment, just so you know, I did a presentation grade eight on the mob. Which, really? I, I did. I grade eight. Miss Anzavino's class, grade so eight. you're 14. Yeah. You're... I know, I know! The year after, <laughs> a couple months after your, your friend was hit. Girl, I'm Italian. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's like, it's just you, part of my blood. You journalist. You I know, like, I'm I know, gonna do Presentation on the mob. All that to say is for this presentation on the mob, I shoved cotton balls in my <laughs> Dude, the whole thing. So imagine like this little fat Were little chubby kid. Yes, amazing. Like this little fat grade eight kid in a fucking suit rolls up and just like sits there. Cause I, anyways, and I just I go out and like <sighs> yeah, it was just a hot mess. But anyways. I'm sure everyone else had just like I don't know, a dollar store poster board. Oh, I remember those some, damn dollars. I used to love that. It's just like some stuff stuck on a poster board yes. and they're like pointing at information and talking. You have a whole skit. They're like, Daniel, come on. They're like, cut it short. There's another student. That is so funny. You have an outfit change. That is so funny because I remember, this is so such a gag because it's so weird to think that before PowerPoint existed, we were like, poster! Like, you know, we just like go to the dollar store, get some neon green like poster and like print out some pictures and just like cut them up. It's it's just so interesting that the Montreal police did nothing. Like they were they weren't able to catch any of the Rizzutos, mm -hmm. but they were able to infiltrate while Vito was in while Vito was in jail. They went into one of the cafes in Saint Leonard that they was known as like a Rizzuto hangout, and they put the cameras in there because there was a time period where there was always security mm -hmm. at the at the cafe, except mm -hmm. between the hours of like two and five, like between That'll shifts, it. it was it yeah. was. Un, um, it was unwatched mm -hmm. and so the the cops went in they put in cameras everywhere and there are hours and hours of footage of did you see any of this footage you know what I'm talking I did about not. this is so crazy okay, there's like, footage going. of Nick Rizzuto senior like an, <gasps> I do remember this so yeah stacks yeah. of money in his sock crazy in like crazy. just like so many things are literally out of a movie yeah. and then sometimes recorded phone calls yeah. when they're like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure you you wish you paid us like uh, oh, I'm gonna like these threats I can't remember any of them now yeah. They were like literally like hilarious. Like I'm gonna take yeah. some baseball bats and I'm gonna I'm gonna can't. smash your amazing. <laughs> Regardless, so yes. so many parts that could be like fictionalized and turn into a TV show. Like I, I yeah. couldn't believe this was real. That's crazy, and I know because that was super important. That was a huge piece of evidence when they work for the Shabbat Committee when they were eventually thinking that. And I remember, I think I can't remember the exact name, but one like leading Montreal executive construction person, he was caught outside of like that main uh, cafe. cafe. Like I think two. 225 times like oh at least God. 200 times which is like crazy they had it like they how much you like that cafe like <laughs> I mean, how much that's what i like to know <laughs> you live <laughs> you live in laval <laughs> you live in laval how much you like how good are the meatballs that you feel like you need to come over like how would that not be fishy like girl i love a good cafe i love a good olympico but yeah. like you're not gonna catch me there 225 times go home to your family uh, I think we, you summarize the point. You summarize the whole story very well. I am so happy. Thank you for having me. I would love. I'm. Just, I can't wait to listen to this. It's gonna be super exciting. And yeah, I, I can't wait to hear your other episode. I think you have a lot. This is such a brilliant thing, and this is so you. And I am so proud of you. <laughs> and yes, I'm just really, really happy. Thank you so much for being here. Anytime. And also, as a side note, I know that your like theme song is Half Moon Run, and I would yes. just like to say I was in the music video for one of them. I was cut. Amazing. I don't even know because I was cut <laughs> from the music video. Wait, wait. No, no, no. Was it? 
it the one where like they were They're casting on the bar. people? Yes. And, and, oh my god, you were selected to get I cast. Like, and to send your photo, right? Yeah, yeah. And they chose. I know. You? Who looked at this face was like, yes. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, um, thank you for having me. That's thank it. you for being here. Awesome. Call me in the afternoon.